Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to the conversation. In today's Quotable Monday... Now, if you don't know what Quotable Mondays are, every Monday I attempt to review a quote that has been meaningful to me, that is appropriate for the conversation that we've been in on an ongoing basis that applies to consciousness, living better, uh, maximizing your performance. And in this episode, it has to do with not only performance, but also manifesting. And it comes from a Stoic philosopher, someone that lived 2,000 years ago. His teachings have permeated the self-improvement culture has been some of the things that I've quoted other people saying when I actually began looking at all the things that this particular person said and taught. He was one of the originators, one of the original thinkers. Now, if you don't know, Stoic philosophy is about managing your emotions, not allowing your feelings to be dictated by external events. So you maintain an equilibrium, hence the word stoic, which in modern terms means a lacking of emotion. Someone that's very stoic stoic is not given to over-responding, over-emotion. It's always the most appropriate. Now, the person I'm talking about is Epictetus. Now, you've probably heard of Marcus Aurelius and Seneca and some of the other stoic philosophers, but Epictetus was one of the first. He was born a slave in Turkey. He escaped and was later freed by the Roman Emperor Nero. And then he went on to Greece to establish a school, a school of thought. So the quote in this episode that I'm featuring from Epictetus is first say to yourself, what would you be? And then what you would have to do. Let me say that again. First say to yourself, what would you be? And then do what you have to do. You see, what you're doing would be in alignment with how you're being, how you decide to be. The mistake that a lot of people make is they think that they need to do first. If I do this, then I'll get that. Then I can be happy or be accomplished or be more confident because I'll have this evidence behind me because of what I did. But Epictetus encouraged us to be first. To be the person we want to be, to be the person that is in alignment with what the manifestation that we're calling forth, in being in alignment, then the natural occurrence, the natural attraction will be evident. On the flip side of this philosophy that a lot of people ascribe to is that in the doing, I'm going to get. And when I get it, then I can be happy. Then I can be satisfied. But more often than not, what people come to realize is that when they get the million dollars, they're no happier in the long run. When they get the job promotion, when they get the car, when they get the stuff or they get what they think they want will deliver the feeling, it turns out that those things, those external circumstances do not give you the feeling, at least not in any sustainable way. But when we take the approach of being first, and then from that being, we're in action. We be the solution. We be the cure, as I've said before. In that beingness, 
When we adopt that way of being, adopt that set of character, that personality expression, when that is who we are, then just in the being of who we are, we begin attracting all the circumstances, the money, the riches, the experiences that are in alignment with that way of being. Now, it's been said a different way as well, and this has been ascribed or attributed to L. Ron Hubbard from Dianetics, the, the person that created Scientology. Now, there's a lot of things I don't like about Scientology, but there are some very fundamental ideas that are grounded in psychology and grounded in actually being the person you want to be inside Scientology. There's a lot of things that I don't like, but there are some things, like, take the best and leave the rest. And so L. Ron Hubbard took this quote of Epictetus and said, Be, do, have. Be, do, have. Be the person you want to be. Take the actions that are in alignment with that way of being, and you will have the things that you want that are in alignment with that way of being. I guess you could say this is one of the fundamental principles of how I operate in the world. It is the fundamental principle of the aligned self. And if you don't know, if you haven't been listening all along, the Aligned Self is my signature coaching program in creating your self-identity, actually choosing your self-identity, and then allowing that self-concept, that self-identity to create the life of your dreams because of who you're being, who you've decided to be. Most people have adopted an idea, adopted a self-concept given to them by their parents, given to them by their teachers, their peers, and I guess assessments of their past experiences. From my perspective, that is a default way of being. It is a haphazard construction of your life. Basically piecing together ideas along the way, beliefs, principles, and then hoping that you're going to achieve something. I have found for myself when I actually decided who I wanted to be, aligned my guiding principles, my unifying principles, to organize my thoughts, organize my behavior, then everything began to take off after that. And that is the essence of the aligned self, actually choosing who you want to be, not living from a default at haphazard construction. So back to Epictetus and deciding how you want to be and then aligning your action, aligning your behavior with that way of being. Said another way from a different angle, I've talked about the psychic soma loop. Psychic meaning mind, soma meaning body. And how you use the mind affects the body. How you use the body affects the mind. What do I mean by that? Well, if you think certain thoughts, it's going to register in the body. You're going to have a physiological response according to how you're thinking. But also, if you begin moving in a way, acting as if, it's going to shift your thinking to coordinate or be in alignment with that behavior. William James, the father of American psychology, said the fastest way to shift your emotions is to move your body. We've all experienced this at various times in our life when we've been thinking about a project and we it seems monumental, it seems big, seems burdensome, cumbersome, and so we delay, we procrastinate until it gets to a point where we have to do something or we're facing consequences, dire consequences, consequences we don't want to endure. And so we get started. 
And very often, just in the act of getting started, of going through the motions of being in the project, we find, this is interesting, we find that we're done before we know it. It didn't take as long as we thought. It was easier than we thought. Once I got into it, it went really fast. The hardest part was just getting started. This perspective is why I tell a lot of people when there's a a job that they've had trouble getting started or just moving into, just to commit to five to 10 minutes. Just do the initial work. Just get it started. And then make an assessment after 10, 15 minutes on whether or not you want to continue. 99 times out of 100, at that 10-minute mark, that 15-minute mark, we decide to go ahead and just keep going at it. Again, it's overcoming inertia because in our mind, we've built it up to be harder than it has to be or harder than it actually is. But then once we're actually in motion, in the movement, doing it, then our brain gets into alignment with the task. So the fastest way to shift your emotions is to move your body. Another way I've described this metaphorically is that we are both animal and spirit. The body is the animal. A spirit is the etheric thought. The emotions is the bridge between the animal and the spirit. Let's take fear, for example. When we encounter fear, the animal perceives a potential threat that registers in the amygdala, and then it sets in motion a fight, fight, or freeze response. It rallies all the forces. It dumps adrenaline and cortisol into our system. And before you know it, we are activated. And that happens all in about four nanoseconds of the animal perceiving a threat. Then it takes about 12 nanoseconds later for our conscious mind to actually assess the situation. Is it a real threat? Is it something we need to run from, fight? What do we have to do? There's a decision to be made. But the response is already there. Our heart rate is increased. Our muscles are tense and ready to go. And so this all happens at the other than conscious level, at the body level. See, the body dominates the mind. So the fastest way we can shift our mind is to begin working out. We need, we want to change our outlook on the world. Start working out. Start eating right. Taking care of the animal fosters and activates the mind. And through exercising and good nutrition, we are being a person of maximum self-respect. We respect ourselves. And so we begin moving about in the world differently based on how we're choosing to be. Earlier, I mentioned Be the Cure. I've told this story before, but in the 16th century in China, and even after that, there were opium dens. And so if you had money, you could go to an opium den and bliss out for as long as your money lasted. Now, opium, which is the base of heroin, is highly addictive. And so, yes, you could bliss out for days, for weeks, But when your money ran out, you were taking up space. The managers that operated the opium den would kick you to the curb. In fact, the streets were littered outside with broke, hopeless men. Hopeless and addicted. But the good news is that the Shaolin monks would come and gather up these men, take them back to the monastery, and teach them to be the cure. Never treated them as if they had the addiction. They taught them how to be health, how to manage their mind, how to manage their body, 
how to be the cure. Because when you're being the cure, there's no room for an addiction. I can't tell you how many times I've heard someone say, when they're feeling a little run down, I feel sick. I'm sick. That's, that They make a declaration. And then what happens when you declare that you're not feeling well, that you are sick? Well, you can be no other way. You're sick. And even if you weren't really that sick, it's inevitable that you're going to get sicker. It all depends on what we take as acceptable. See, in that realm of being sick or being run down, sickness is a natural result. When I was sitting across from my wife, I said this a few couple episodes ago, I was sitting across my wife who was sick at the time. She had the flu. She caught the flu from her son. And I was holding it off. I was holding it off really well until she had a spontaneous sneeze. And I was in the direct line of the, um, the, the effects of that sneeze. And so I felt slimed. I felt like I was contaminated. In that second, it was just a thought that I opened up, and that was enough. Next thing you know, I'm sick for seven to ten days. In fact, you still might hear it in my voice a little bit. And it's hard to say because after I came off that, after I, I there was a change in the weather. And so a lot of people are complaining about allergies. And so it could be ragweed, could be something else that's affecting my throat. I'm not sure. It just has a a different timber to it than I'm used to. But I opened up to the possibility, and that was enough. When we are being the cure, when we're being health and wellness, there is no room for illness. And I've been healthy more often than not. I have my moments. I've had no more than five moments in the last 25 years. And just for authenticity's sake, maybe I'm, I'm forgetting a couple. So we'll say 10 times, no more than 10 times in the last 25 years. I have not gone to the doctor, have not needed to go to the doctor. I've, I've been run down occasionally in those five to 10 times, and I've taken care of myself. It's been relatively short-lived. But by and large, I'm healthy day in, day out. I can look at my peers the people that I graduated school with, college with, and when I see them on Facebook, uh, they don't look as good as I do. And maybe I'm vain there. Maybe that's a little bit egoic, but they don't necessarily look as healthy as I feel. And when I look in the mirror, I look a little bit younger than them. But even with that, uh, in a couple episodes, I'm going to be talking about the different changes I've been making for myself physically and mentally, and I'm actually going through a process of reinvention. I've decided to walk my talk. It's been a minute since I've recreated myself, over 10 years, and I used to, on a regular basis, every two, three years, take an assessment of where I was, what was going on, and actually ask myself, what do I need to shift? How do I need to be different? What's the next level? And I haven't really done that over the last 10 years, but I'm, I am now. So I'm going to share with you some concepts that I'll be putting into practice to recreate myself on a whole new level. I'm leveling up my game. But like I said, that's the fodder for another episode. Long story short, I could have left it with what Epictetus said. Decide how you want to be and then align your behavior. He didn't say align, but align your behavior with that way of being 
and you'll have everything that you want. Be the cure, be health, be wealth. Everything you need is already in the palm of your hand. And let me just explain that. There is a concept in NLP that all the resources you need are already inside you. You just haven't been able to call them up yet, or you've allowed yourself to try and pull them up, call them forth based on what you are doing and what you are getting, not by how you are deciding to be. See, this is a very fundamental aspect of NLP too, neuro-linguistic programming. If you run your brain a particular way, if you act as if, then you're going to shift your nervous system, linguistic, neuro, and then take the ability to program that internal communication to actually choose to manifest certain thoughts and behaviors in order to get a particular result. And so the power is within your own hands. You have access to all the resources. Anything that you ever want arrives in a feeling you've already experienced. When we can activate that feeling, activate that way of being, then like I said earlier, we start attracting the circumstances, attracting the wealth, the relationships that are in alignment with that way of being. Until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be interdirected as you engage in the epic adventure.